What makes the good life the good life? This podcast is on a mission to find out. Join us for the second season of exploring the best voices and stories the Heartland has to offer. Venture to all four corners of York County, because when it comes to quality of life, it's all about keeping it local. Brought to you by the York County Development Corporation, this is 17 County, Season 2. All right, good day, everyone, and welcome to 17 County Podcast. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, and review this podcast. Uh, this helps us grow and learn from our listeners. Uh, we appreciate your support, and thank you for uh, listening to us. Um, our guest today at um, Heartland Community Schools, she's the elementary school principal. She grew up um, in the Wellfleet area, which is out west, um, and so she's going to share us a little bit with us today about her background uh, and everything. Uh, she made her journey uh, through West Central Nebraska before eventually arriving um, at Heartland Community Schools. Um, we're very excited to have Dana Rinke. So Dana, thank you for taking uh, time out of your day today. Yes, absolutely. Starting off, you grew up out in Wellfleet. Uh, tell me a little bit about this community just south of North Platte out west. Yeah, uh, well, Wellfleet is a little tiny spot on the map, but it means a lot to me. Uh, I, Wellfleet actually has, I believe now, 60 to 65 people. So it's a town of uh, gravel and uh, houses here and there. I actually grew up on a ranch just west of Wellfleet. So, uh, but Wellfleet was my address. And, and that's, as a child, my, uh, my home. So yeah, and I didn't, uh, Wellfleet's small enough, it doesn't have a school. So I, uh, as a child, all through my schooling in elementary and high school, I went to uh, Maywood to school, which was about a 13 mile drive. From you got license then when you were 14, you were driving around and all that fun stuff. Uh, well, actually, I might have been driving around younger than 14, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Legally, that's correct, yes. You bet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so what kind of activities kept you busy um, through your time at Maywood High, um, you know, and living in a rural community? Sure. Well, um, my family, I would say my family lifestyle kept involved a lot of time. You know, we... Uh, growing up on a ranch and agriculture like you start you start working and having a role at a very young age and so that definitely consumed consumed a lot of time um we uh we were working working away uh very young but um you know in high school then kind of like our kids here at heartland you just get really involved in uh in the activities uh that were that were going, that were going on. So I was involved in a lot of the athletics and also um, the fine art sorts of options, uh, sorts of options as well. So, yeah, I kept kept very very busy. I also um, I had a love for kids at an early age, and so I was um, a babysitter. Uh, the community, I had, the community yeah. babysitter. Yes, yes. So I kept very busy babysitting, uh, usually every weekend. So I would be Friday and Saturday nights at uh, neighbors' houses babysitting their children. No, that's good income, and I mean, I, I mean, great responsibility. Yeah, at a beginning age, and not something that yeah, maybe you're able to do in a lot of other larger communities. You know, with everyone being so known and you know being able so in touch and everything. Yeah, being able to you know at age eleven or twelve being that babysitting and start, you know, gaining what it means to be a responsible individual. Yeah, those things are, are great. Um, so you made your journey up to Shadron um, after being at Maywood High. How did you decide upon um, Shadron as the choice of, of college? Was there any other options out there? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, right out of high school, I went to um, Mid Plains Community College in North Platte for two years. Um, I was fortunate to receive a nice scholarship to help uh, get those first two years of basics um, underway. So I took advantage of that. And so I, uh, I did all of that in Mid Plains there in North Platte. And then, um, so during my time there, 
then I was able to do a lot of research a little bit more into four-year colleges and I just really liked um, the education program that Shadron had to offer. I liked the community and just the school as a whole so um, that's when I made my move after two years at Mid Plains. Okay um, so mid, going back to Mid Plains then um, were you an education major there? Did you always know you were going to be an education major? Was, was there anything else on the radar that you were thinking about um, considering while at Mid Plains? Actually, um, when I was a kindergartner, I knew that I wanted to be a teacher. So teaching is something uh, that's just, that's all I've ever wanted to be as a teacher. And uh, so that was never, uh, that was never a question. Um, I just, I, I knew that's where I wanted to be. My grandma was an educator and um, I always had a very close relationship and respect for her. So, uh, she, yeah, she was my role model and still is. She's not here on earth with me anymore, but she's still one of my, uh, favorite role models. So grandma kind of led me in the direction of it. And yeah, so years ago, my mom got out my kindergarten journal and, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? A teacher. So, yep, I've always education has always been what I wanted to do. It's kind of funny you mentioned that I think it's family with educators tend to stick along that that pathline. I mean there's something about you know being in a family of educators that it just keeps it going is from what I've kind of kind of seen you know when once you meet a family of educators it just seems that it, it just kind of snowballs and it's obviously it's that passion that is um, you know you see that in parents in your in your parents and then you just want to kind of keep that rolling. At least how, that's how I kind of see it. Absolutely. Your first uh, position outside of Shadron um, was with Sutherland in West, still out in West Central Nebraska. Um, so talk to me a little bit about that first position and how you kind of got um, set up with that. Was that your, was that the main place that you wanted to go or was there other options that you were considering? Uh, yeah, thinking back, boy, that's been a long time ago. <laughs> Um, I, uh, I graduated in December and so then that allowed me to have a semester where I substitute taught. And so I did a lot of, I did a lot of that. And so when it got time to start, uh, looking for jobs late February, I believe it was many years ago, I, uh, you know, just like any inspiring educator does, you just start looking for opportunities. And uh, I knew at that time I wanted to stay around that area. And so, um, I just started doing my research and applied at, uh, at Sutherland. Um, that was my first, uh, my first interview. And 30 minutes after I left the interview, I felt really, really good about it. And uh, about 45 minutes later, uh, the superintendent called and offered me uh, the position. And so that was my home for the next 13-ish years. And you taught kindergarten? Is that was uh, the first position there? Yep, I taught, yep, kindergarten the whole, uh, my whole experience there at Sutherland. All 12 years? Okay. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, uh -huh. it was an awesome, awesome, awesome experience. I had lots of, uh, lots of memories. I worked with a really supportive staff and administration during my time there. I learned a lot, uh, still have really great connections with uh, the kids and families there. So, how big is Sutherland? Oh goodness! Uh, nowadays, it's oh goodness. I would hate to get. I would hate to. I mean, how, how big was it when you were there? I guess how big was uh, your class? My class sizes. I think the most I ever had. I one year I had about twenty six kids, um, down to maybe fifteen on a small on a small year. Um, when I taught kindergarten, I always taught with a co teacher. Um, so we were always, our, our kids were split in half every year. So um, that was another great benefit of, uh, of working in Sutherland is I had a mentor and co-teacher, um, Betsy Elder, that um, I got to work with every day and I'm still incredibly close to. So there was two of you as kindergarten? Um, yep. So it was two per 26 or was it like? That's, yep, that's, cor that's correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Yep. So 
just kind of like our numbers here at Heartland, you, you fluctuate year to year in mm -hmm. smaller sized schools. So what were some of those challenges, I guess, um, in those first few years at Sutherland, you know, you know, sometimes being a teacher maybe isn't what you expect, or maybe some, you know, that that's with any position, your first maybe isn't, you know, what you expect. And so what were some of the, maybe those first challenges that you um, experienced those first years? Oh, goodness, thinking back that far, you know, um, I think, you know, all of us get into education, and we stay in education for the kids. And that's, that's why we do what that's why we do what we do. Um, but being an educator is is tough and so i you know i remember just like any new teacher uh, starting out you know okay this child is struggling with in this way academically you know just gaining those items in my toolbox to be able to help them or social emotionally you know um, just getting that getting that foundation of skills built uh to be able to work with uh to be able to work with kids needs and wants and learning styles and uh, you know again just same same things that any new teacher goes through learning new curriculum learning new cultures of the school learning uh, the community you know just uh, just all of that but um, you know that's one amazing thing about pk-12 schools that's that's all i know and they're just amazing places when you can have everybody in the same, everybody in the same building. So, so that's what it was? Everyone was in the same building there at Sutherland? Yep. Actually, all my experiences as a student and teacher and administrator have all been in K-12 schools. And now here at Heartland, it's a PK-12. So. Um, so you touched on it. Yeah, you're in administration now. Um, your next position after Sutherland was kind of your first it was your first position into kind of an administration. Talk to me a little bit about that, um, you know, your decision to why you wanted to go into administration and then, you know, how you landed upon Brady. I pretty early on in my teaching career, I um, kind of started leaning towards administration. I just kind of started getting a real passion for, you know, kind of the bigger picture, I guess. Um, not only serving kids, but also working with families, um, working with just different different stakeholders. And I think a lot of that passion came from um, my relationships that I had with the administrators that I worked with. Uh, they were very supportive and encouraging of professional development, and you know, just started having those conversations with uh, with them about okay, so what's it really like to be a principal? Okay, you know, so sitting down, having those awesome conversations with, uh, with them and that, uh, and that support uh, from, from them, I think is definitely a, was a help in terms of kind of leading me towards going into administration. And I also knew that um, I wanted to teach for a, I wanted to get a lot of years of teaching under my belt before going into administration. Uh, because as an administrator, we always go back to what's best for kids and we always go back to that classroom. So um, that experience as a classroom teacher is just really, really important. So I wanted to make sure to, um, to get as many years of experience in the classroom as possible before, uh, before, moving, before moving on. So I had my degree a few years and kept, uh, kept teaching because I just felt like um, felt like I wanted a little bit more of that classroom in the trenches experiences. So, and then you got your master's, um, from where again? Um, well, I have a master's in curriculum and instruction. I got that in 2005. Um, in August of 2005, um, I, um, started, I just started having a passion early on in teaching for kind of the how and the why, I guess, of curriculum and in what it, the kind of the backbone of instruction. And so I pursued, uh, pursued that master's degree. And then I uh, finished up my administrative degree in 15 from Shadron. Yeah. You touched on a little bit about mis or about, um, you know, curriculum and that's probably something that a lot of people probably don't even think about, or maybe just don't, you know, realize so much. So what are maybe some of those misconceptions about curriculum that you've maybe um, experienced in your life about people that think, 
you know, this is what curriculum is, but maybe it isn't. I mean, essentially the curriculum is kind of what drives your classroom um, in terms of the academic, um, well, and social emotional um, pieces for kids, uh, for kids as well. But, um, you know, it definitely takes, uh, it's definitely changed over, over the years, how we look at curriculum, how we look at assessments, um, just it's, it's changed, it's changed a great, a great deal, but it's just that ability to constantly um, stay up on uh, what we're teaching and how we're teaching it and reaching those, reaching those kids, you know, in this day of standards that we um, are assessing our kids on, it's just um, constantly looking back to that curriculum we're using and making sure everything's aligned and making sure we're setting kids up to have a successful um, experience and um, be responsible for uh, the, the material that they're going to be tested on. So yeah, it's, um, it's, it's ever changing, that's for sure. So uh, just kind of as educators, we uh, uh, just have to constantly keep looking at what we're doing and making changes um, with our instructional strategies and with the curriculum we're using and um, the pacing that we're using. And so yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot involved to it, but it's definitely a very critical component to uh, what we do every day and the success of our kiddos. Right, right, right. Um, so your time at leadership, um, you know, in leadership, you know, as a principal at Brady, um, you know, how did you grow, um, you know, as a leader, you know, as a first time kind of leader? What was, you know, that experience like? Yeah, um, it was good. I am, um, I spent, I actually spent a few years as a, a K-12 administrator. And so uh, that was a very good, a very good experience. I, you know, would go in a kindergarten room and work with a kindergartner or a kindergarten teacher and then go up and uh, help the government teacher or um, give some interventions to a senior. So, um, you know, it's one of these deals where you just uh, jump in and get going um, in small, you know, in a small school like that. Um, I, um, I was the only principal, so I certainly here at Heartland appreciate having uh, Mr. Carr to go to, Mr. Best to go to. We do a lot of networking right here in the building, uh, whereas before, you know, when you have those questions, you're picking up the phone and you're networking with people. Still do that today and we will continue to always, but definitely it's nice to have, uh, it's nice to have that more holistic team to work with every day like we have here at Heartland. Yeah, it, I mean... To have those extra resources, yeah, behind you to when you make a decision and then they stand behind you with that decision, you know, obviously they're going to support you, but it just makes you even more confident in the decision that you made when they're, they're, they're there with you. So, um, yeah, that, that's probably been great. Yes, definitely so. And then, um, you know, what was it like being a principal of, you know, you, you mentioned it a little bit, but, you know, being a K through 12 principal, I mean, because there's a lot of, I mean, that's a lot of different students and a lot of different, you know, things to address. And so, you know, how did you kind of take on that role? Uh, yeah, with, with a lot of hard work, that's for sure. Um, but also it all, um, it all starts with, uh, with relationships and just uh, getting, uh, getting to know the people that I was working with and getting to know their strengths and um, the areas that we can all, that we could work together on to improve upon. And so, yeah, a lot of, uh, you know, just building, building that capacity, uh, definitely a lot of organization. It takes, uh, it took, and well, no matter what your role is in administration, you, yeah, it takes a lot of organization, communication, um, you know, just uh, making sure everybody's on the same page and uh, keeping the, keeping the, car a roll in the same direction with everybody on board yeah I mean that's I mean you're the ultimate manager almost yeah in that role I mean and everything so you're trying to keep a lot of different things um you know moving forward and in the same direction and keeping everyone on the same page so certainly yeah, <laughs> you definitely yeah. have to be flexible and you know uh realize that you uh, go into work and what you think might be your day within the first 20 seconds um does not become your day yeah so that's okay 
And I'm sure that's that flexibility has certainly been put to the test, you know, currently. In, in our oh, current. I said in a place called school, you have to be flexible. Yeah, because you never know what um, what needs or wishes or desires come to you. So Wallace was your next landing spot. You were a, it looks like, um, you know, from the research that I was able to kind of dig up online, it looks like you were, um, you know, middle school, high school administrator of some sort. Um, what was, talk to me a little bit about that role there in Wallace. Yeah, so that was just, um, yeah, so it was still a, it was still a K-12 building, but I just, um, I worked with, uh, with the 712 uh, teachers and kids. So yeah, it was um, similar to the same experiences that I had, just minus those uh, those elementary kids in terms of the day to day, um, you know, interactions, discipline, things. Uh, you know, I didn't didn't have uh, didn't have that there. But yeah, you know, with the seven twelve kids, it was uh, you know a lot of doing different things with with technology, and we did a lot of. Uh, uh, during my time there, we totally revamped our um, instructional model and kind of what we expected instruction to look like and sound like and feel like in our classrooms. And so uh, definitely spent a lot of time with, uh, with that. But um, even though I got to see kids every day, I really didn't get to be with the elementary kids every day. And so uh, here at Heartland, I am. And so I definitely missed that piece when I was in uh, when I was in 712, so. No, I mean, that was, I mean, it sounds like that was one good thing, yeah, or I mean, one of probably many good things is you learned that, you know, how much you really enjoyed those younger grades compared to, to maybe some of the older ones. Yep, yep, definitely, definitely, but sure do have a love for kids. <laughs> awesome, and so now you're here at, at Heartland, and so um, how did you arrive here at Heartland, and what have the first kind of few years kind of been like? Um, you arrived at, it seems, it, 2018, is that what yep. it was? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, talk to me through, yeah, um, this would be your second full year. And so, yeah, compare, you know, these years. Yeah, just, you know, goodness, thinking back um, when I had decided that, um, that I needed to be, um, that I needed to be with little kids, um, but yet that I still wanted to be in a small district, you know, I started, uh, started looking for, uh, looking for jobs. And, um, you know, my husband and I, we were, we were ready for a change. We were ready for um, something different. And uh, I remember, you know, I had looked, looked into a few other uh, jobs in other communities. And uh, one morning, um, one of my professional mentors and friends that I work with, Lynette Block, uh, she actually lives here in town. And she called me and she said, um, I know that Heartland has an elementary opening, she said. Um, have you seen that yet? And I said, no, I haven't. So as soon as uh, I saw that um, they were advertising, I uh, started doing my research and was uh, very excited about it. And so applied and interviewed and was uh, blessed to uh, blessed to have the opportunity. So um, goodness, just getting ready to wrap up the second year and Heartland has been what I've uh, what I've really been looking for all my life in terms of uh, administration, in term in terms of what I do, in terms of school culture, in terms of um, you know just just the mindset. Heartland is it's a very special place. So, what were some of those things? I guess when you were doing research um, on on Heartland, uh, what were some of some of those things that you identified about Heartland that made you knew you know, just upon, you know, looking at some of those things, you knew that this was the place that um, was going to be, you know, a good fit for you. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, you know, I started looking at, um, you know, you can get on the Nebraska Department of Education website and look at, uh, you know, you can see a lot about a school on there. So I started looking at the data, looking at, um, you know, everything from um, the financial pieces of the school to the assessments, how, how kids in the district we're doing on assessments. Um, you know, you could, I was just looking at a lot of, uh, a lot of that, a lot of that data, uh, did a lot of homework. Um, you know, as I mentioned, I had a connection with, uh, with a gal here in town. And so definitely reached out to her a lot to get, uh, to get a good feel. And also, you know, in this day and age too, just like we all do, I right away got on, uh, 
social media and I'm like, okay, so what does Heartland's story look like? And uh, started looking at Facebook, for example, and uh, just, I just knew that it was a special place. Uh, you know, things, uh, looking on, looking on their Facebook and seeing pictures of what kids were doing in the classrooms, looking at um, pictures of, and videos of Mr. Best, our superintendent playing in the band, um, looking at pictures of our band winning uh, major parades. And I just, it really, like, it sent a message to me of, wow, this is a really cool place. Um, it was definitely, I could tell it was gonna be a student-centered, a student-centered school. Um, and kind of that, I guess I want to say that holistic piece I got when I started doing that research, you know, I was like, I didn't just see the basketball scores and the volleyball scores and the uh, track scores. I got to, like, I looked on there and saw, uh, saw everything. And I'm like, wow, this is what I like. <laughs> this is what I like. I yeah, I definitely like those athletic pieces as well, don't get me wrong, but um, I, uh, I like, I just liked the, I, I just liked what I saw. I could tell that, um, I could tell that it was, it was just a great place. For sure. Um, and like you, I mean, you mentioned it, um, Heartland's got a great social media, I mean, presence. I mean, you're constantly sharing out activities that the students are doing and how they're being involved. And, and everything like that. So, I mean, that is something, I don't know how much involvement you have with that, um, but I mean, that is, that is great to see um, and share with the community because a lot of people don't always get to see, especially if they don't have kids um, or their kids have gone, already gone through schools and they're maybe a little detached from the school and everything. So to be able to see that, um, yes, the fourth graders are still doing this activity, you know, and it makes, it makes that um, community member um, you know, much, much more happy because they think about, you know, the time that they got to help their fourth grader, you know, do that activity. And so, yeah, it's, it's great to be able to, um, you know, have that resource to kind of share, share everything out and let everyone know, you know, what, we're, what great things we are doing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it's, it's great. It's a great place. <laughs> so you, uh, talk to me a little bit about your role, um, you know, as, um, the elementary principal and then is your special education um, resources uh, position. Sure, sure. So yeah, um, you know, here our elementary is considered our preschool to our sixth to sixth grade. And so um, I work with, um, and also I work with uh, kids birth to three that we serve that, um, that uh, through the special education lens, uh, lens as well in my role as, as that, but yeah, you know, it's just um, in terms of my my principal role. It I know I think I've mentioned this before. You know, it all starts with relationships, and so I uh, I am very uh, very busy and involved. I like I'm in the classrooms. That's where I like to be, and that's one of my uh, this COVID nineteen thing is kind of getting to me because I'm not used to sitting in my office chair. So. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's been an adjustment for me, that's for sure. But, you know, just, um, just essentially making sure that, um, that people have kids and teachers and staff, you know, have what they need um, to, uh, to teach kids. And then from there, then just continually just pushing myself and everybody else around me forward. So moving, uh, moving ahead kind of with that growth mindset of uh, where we're at today and where can we be at tomorrow. So um, yeah, it's that uh, it's definitely been great. I love, uh, love every minute of it. So, and have a great group of, of people and kids that we're surrounded by that certainly um, kind of put the icing on the cake. So. What is the K through six um, enrollment uh, at Harlem? Uh, yeah, right now we're around 150, give or take a few kids. That, I mean, that's pretty good class sizes. I mean, that's not bigger than you know, 20 to 25, um, roughly. So. Yeah. yeah, right now our uh, right now our largest class in elementary is 26 kids. We have a lot of uh, a lot of support. We have 
a great uh, classified staff with paraeducators that are trained and do a fabulous job of assisting kids and uh, teachers throughout the uh, throughout the process. So, yeah, they um, you know we give give them a lot of support, and the paras are critical people on our staff. So what are some interesting programs or for those that are maybe a little less unfamiliar, um, you know, with the schools, what are some, um, you know, maybe some unique programs that are going on, you know, in the K through six um, grade levels, um, whether that's, you know, anything involving like uh, you know, a biology of some sort or um, anything, you know, what kind of project you guys all working on over there? Um, well, there, I mean, there's a little bit of everything going on every day here. Um, you know, every, I mean, every grade level is, you know, working on their different skills and their different, uh, their different, uh, standards, social and academic that they, uh, that they work on, you know, every, uh, every day. We also utilize a lot of technology. We uh, try to embed as much of that, um, into, um, into our day as possible. So there's a lot of, of that going, uh, going on. Our kids also, um, when you talk about programs, I'll go ahead and include that our elementary kids here at Heartland, um, K through six, have music and PE every day. So that's wow. really, really awesome. They, they learn so much um, through that time there. And just, it's, uh, it's a really not awesome feature of our of our elementary so uh, that's definitely in terms of programs I like to include and our kids also get uh, 50 minutes of art every day so uh, that's a great uh, way to, for them to you know to connect with that those visual learners and those kids that like that creative way of learning so uh, yeah Mrs. Jansen is a rock star with uh, with what they're doing there in in art um, you know and just each one of our teachers adds their own special little twist to you know to their own what I guess I would call their programs that they use within their classrooms um, you know our fifth graders they do uh, what's called a genius project every year so where a kid gets to take something that they're interested in learning and learn more about and then present it to their kid to their peers and that genius program sounds really interesting being able to teach your um your peers and everything like that i think that would be um you know a unique thing to kind of learn in fifth grade yes it the kids love it and um unfortunately this year that was one of the things that like many of the things we uh we lost this year but it's pretty awesome because some of the kids were so excited that they're continuing on with their uh with their projects and going to share out in one of their zoom sessions so that's uh, that's pretty uh, that's pretty pretty awesome so yeah and then um we also have um you know of course there's all of the academic pieces to uh to what we do and the programs that we use but um we also like to focus on that social emotional piece with our kids and so we have a, a social emotional program that we implement in all pk to six classrooms um, just teaching those kids those uh, life skills, those problem-solving skills, empathy, um, you know, working through celebrations, working through frustrations. Uh, so, yeah, so it's definitely program-wise, we like to look at the whole child. So Definitely, I no. I love that you have the, um, you know, the fine arts every day. I mean, that's something great to be able to have that exposure um, every day and just not like a couple times a week, um, I think can have, yeah, I mean, I don't know any of the science behind any of it, but I think that, you know, being able to be exposed to those types of different things, um, you know, would lead to, you know, better learning and everything like that. Yeah, um, it's, it's fabulous. And just, you know, and also those sorts of activities and that work, it definitely carries over to the academic side as well. There's so much research out there about that. And, also, too, you see, um, you know, everybody in this area is aware of our uh, fine arts program that we have in high school, and I truly believe it's built upon as our kids come in in kindergarten and preschool. Our preschool teacher implements a lot of music as well, but, um, you know, in that formal setting, 
it's it's starting in kindergarten and you know that's uh, that definitely shows when they become uh, juniors and seniors and win Harvest of Harmony every year and so yeah they uh, that foundation they definitely get a strong foundation no doubt yes um, so living in Henderson uh, you've been there a couple of years how has the community kind of welcomed you and embraced you with open arms oh it's great the people here are absolutely amazing. I, um, yeah, I'm trying to think, uh, two summers ago when, uh, when we moved into town, I don't think I cooked that whole summer. Uh, you know, just everybody, you know, casseroles like, after casseroles. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like what do you need anything? You know, how can we help you? But no, essentially that's everybody is just very down to earth, very caring. Um, it's just, it's a nice, quiet community. Um, you know, there's just, just a lot of really good, um, I guess, true and honest roots here. Um, good people. So that, um, we have definitely loved, loved living here and, um, have really enjoyed making this, uh, making Henderson our home. So, yeah, we love the downtown, um, uh, just our, you know, we'd love to just walk or drive downtown. Yeah, it's just so beautiful. And then you add in the parks and the golf course and the swimming pool. And it's just a great, yeah, it's just a great little community that has a lot to offer. That's for sure. So how has it, um, you know, you probably had some expectations coming in, but, you know, some hope hopefully not too many, <laughs> but what was your, you know, how was it kind of different um, than maybe than what you were expecting? Oh, goodness. You know, I, I don't, I guess I can't really say as if I've seen many differences um, in terms of what, you know, what we were expecting because, um, you know, uh, right away after I got the job, we started reaching out to people and getting to know, um, you know, just learning more about the, um, kind of the culture of uh, obviously Heartland here, but also just Henderson. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, so I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like we were given a very true, um, a very true picture of what it's all about. And um, yeah, we've just, uh, I feel like uh, Henderson is growing um, in our school district, encompassing Bradshaw as well. And, um, it's, it's growing and we like that, you know, people, people are wanting to come to town and having a hard time finding a house. So that's unfortunate for them, but that means to the rest of us around that, you know, there's definitely, um, there's definitely a pull to come here. People want to come here and there's definitely a need for, uh, you know, a need for that continued, continued growth. And, you know, speaking of Henderson, we have an awesome chamber, uh, as well you know, shout out, shout out to them. They work incredibly, um, you know, Connie and used to be Kelsey. Now Audrey working really hard to promote, promote what we have going on here in the town and our school works closely uh, with them to, you know, find ways to celebrate and ways to grow and change. It's, it's pretty awesome for, uh, you know, a small town to, I think we're a small town, but yet we have uh kind of big dreams and that growth that we always want to have going on. So it's, yeah, it's, it's awesome. No, Henderson definitely, you know, always um, punches above its weight limit, you know, in terms of um, uh, a community. I mean, it, it's always wanting to do more than what a community of that size could, you would imagine could possibly do, but it, Henderson does it um, time in and time out. And so um, it's, it, you know, it is a great place to be, um, you know, talking a little bit about living in Henderson. Um, how has, how did your family kind of transition to, um, living in Henderson? Was it, was it just you moving here? Or was, um, was it kids? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, um, unfortunately my husband and I don't, uh, we don't have any of our own. Um, you know, I have, uh, I have 197 kids, uh, here in my building that are my kids, that are our kids. And, uh, he's also an educator. He teaches uh, elementary school in uh, in Grand Island, and so um, 
his kids, we have, I think we have 18 of them right now. Um, so, uh, yeah, unfortunately we don't get to put any to bed every night, but we sure, uh, we sure enjoy, uh, taking care of and, uh, loving everybody else's children. Um, and also, uh, we have big, uh, we have very big extended families, both of us do. So, uh, nieces and nephews and great nieces and nephews. And so we definitely embrace, uh, embrace them and, uh, enjoy our time that we have, we have with them. But um, yeah, and um, in our house, it's just the two of us, unfortunately, so. Was your uh, um, husband, um, you know, with Grand Island when you made the move to Heartland then? Um, was uh, it convenient for both of you then? Yeah, no, he, um, my last year, my husband actually continued to teach out west where, uh, where he was at uh, Perkins County in Grant, so that's where he was teaching. And so um, he he went ahead and taught one year. So we did the weekend commute thing. And uh, so then uh, then he was uh, able to get into Grand Island and he's been there this year teaching okay. their system. So yeah, How so that was, a big, that was an adjustment. We, uh, yeah, tra- did, did a lot of traveling and also, you know, just getting settled in a new, uh new home and new community and so yeah no that's good good no it's um good that you were both were able to make um the adjustments uh eventually yeah uh, yep. um so what are some um you know hobbies uh i mean i'm sure you stay busy with work and everything but when you actually do have some free time what are some uh maybe hobbies that you find yourself um enjoying in your in your free time yeah, well, we love uh, we love working in our yard, uh, being outside. We uh, we uh, enjoy enjoy that. Um, we also, uh, you know, we uh, spend a lot of, as much time as we can with our families, um, you know, out outside of town. So they're very very important to us. Uh, we love uh, we love activities of any sort that the kids are involved in. So during the school year. Um, that's what we do. <laughs> we go to, uh, we go to basketball games and we go to band concerts and we go to, uh, one acts. And that's, uh, that's our, uh, that's what we do during the school year. We love, uh, we've been since moving further back East, we've, uh, really been able to embrace our love for Husker volleyball. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So this year, I think we went to, two or maybe three, I can't remember for sure, volleyball, home volleyball games. So that was pretty exciting. Um, you know, something we, you know, didn't get to do when we live back West. We love John Cook and the squad of girls that he has. So uh, we're avid, avid Husker fans. We also, of course, like, like Husker football as well. So a lot easier to run into Lincoln real quick um, and, and come back than, you know, being out um, near, you know, past Grand Island, near North Platte, um, you know, that, that's a little bit of a journey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We couldn't, uh, we didn't make many Husker volleyball games. That's for sure. So maybe one every four or five years. So <laughs> yeah, now you'll definitely be able to get, you know, at least one or two a year. So it's been great. That's been another definite perk of, uh, definite perk. So yeah. Do you ever have any dreams to want to be a coach or anything like that? Did you ever have any, um, coaching aspirations in, in through your teaching? Yeah, I actually coached basketball. I helped as an assistant coach in Sutherland. I think two, I believe it was about two, maybe three years. Uh, but I just found as uh, as time went on that it just I was losing a little bit of my focus towards my classroom students. And uh, one day, the I happened to have the superintendent son in my class, and we had gotten home about two o'clock in the morning from back west you travel a long long ways to go to basketball games and so I had gotten home about two in the morning and uh, I was taking my kids to PE one day and uh, superintendent's son said called he called me by name and said I think you're you seem tired or you seem grouchy today and I said I'm I'm sorry and so I dropped them off at uh, PE where I was taking them and I went into his dad's office and I said I said, um, I've decided that I'll finish out this year, but at the end of this year, it's time for me to go back to being focused on, 
focused on my classroom. And so we talked through it and I said, here's what your son just told me. And so, yeah, so that was, uh, I, to me, that was kind of that, uh, I guess I was kind of the icing on the cake that was like, okay. If a kindergartner's pointing it out, I think it's, yep. it's obvious. Yep. Yep. Like, <laughs> Yep, you have to be on your A game every day, all day in kindergarten. So they, yeah, they can't do worksheets or watch game film or, yeah, <laughs> pilot read. Like you just, you, you can't do it. You got to be, so, yeah. So I, uh, I did that. I, I enjoyed it. I loved working with the, I loved working with mm -hmm. the girls and I have the utmost respect for, for coaches and sponsors. It takes a lot of work. I, yeah, just admire them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you have to have a, I mean, much more than just a passion for coaching. You really would have to love the sport and everything to be able to, you know, justify those hours and everything. Yep. Uh, yeah. And, you know, just kudos to the, kudos to the people that do, you know, here at Heartland, yeah. we have, you know, our, our teachers, um, you know, work, work incredibly hard to provide those opportunities for kids. And it's, it's really, really important for kids and bless those bless those teachers that do, you know, we have, we have some teachers that, uh, teach three seasons or sorry, coach three seasons. I mean, yeah, the, the amount of time that, I mean, yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot, but yeah, bless them. Yeah. I mean, thank, thank those people for being able to do it. And then I just kind of want to touch on, um, you know, COVID and everything going on. How has, um, you know, Heartland elementary kind of responded, um, to COVID and everything and, and what has been um, your plan of action, you know, up until now? Sure. Yeah. It's, it, uh, it's been tough, you know, it's, it's been tough. The, the school is way too quiet and uh, nobody, uh, nobody likes it, but from the get go on all of this, um, we kind of approached it the, the Heartland way and the Heartland way is taking care of people. And that's, um, we kind of approached it from that needs base uh, right away. Those things that are ultimately most important and that's um, relationships, that's um, mental health, that's, um, you know, food, you know, just all of those basic needs that uh, the people, the people have to have. And so, um, you know, we, we didn't get in a whole, we didn't get in a great big rush to start um, pushing things out to kids and requiring of kids. We, uh, we wanted to make sure that, that those needs were taken care of. And so that's, ultimately, that's been our approach. We've been definitely focused on, focused on that. I'm sure uh, maybe that Mr. Carr and Mr. Best have already talked to you about, you know, the number of kids that we serve food to. We were doing it daily. We've now cut to um, five days, they get a once a week pickup for five days. Um, but it's just incredible. And I've been seeing those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so rewarding to, um, to be able to, to be able to provide that um, need to families. And it's kind of been able to take a little bit of stress and um, work off of, uh, off of our families to have, um, to have that provided you know, and then to, you know, just our teachers are just finding creative ways to enrich kids and to continue to connect with kids because ultimately at the end of the day, you know, that's what it, that's what it comes down to. We're, um, you know, we're doing the Zooms, we're doing the enrichment ideas, you know, here's some suggestions. Um, and then once we can get back together, you know, we'll, we'll see where we're at and we'll move forward with our kids. So um, we're just, uh, we certainly do, our teachers um, are doing a great job of checking in. You know, I had one elementary teacher um, the other day say to me that um, she just got on a Zoom with, a, with one individual kid and listened to him read for 15 minutes. Wow, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. pretty, you know, that's pretty awesome. So given that kid that, um, that opportunity to just, um, just read. Um, you know, so we're just, we're trying to, trying to stay connected, trying to give ways kids to, uh, give ideas for kids to, and families, um, to have, uh, have ideas to consider, but, um, 
also cognizant of the fact that um, this is really tough for for people right now. Yeah, this is. I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, it's un unprecedented for. I mean, a lot of us to you know experience something of this magnitude, and so you know any yeah. little thing like you'd mentioned with the lunches and everything to just take you know another thing off of another person's you know list of worries. Um, it probably goes a long ways in those people's eyes. Yep, yep. It'll be it'll be a great big celebration when we can all be back together. That's for sure. No doubt. I yeah. I can only imagine the. Uh, I mean, we have a backlog of Easter and St. Patrick's Day and a bunch of other events to kind of celebrate. So it'll be yes. good to kind of get get all together. Yeah, we uh, we cannot uh, we cannot wait. So. You know, but technology, the teachers of the teachers have embraced it. They're going to continue to, um, you know, we, we also have a lot of teachers right now that um, I'll put myself right in their shoes um, with them. Uh, we're, we're doing things that we probably wouldn't have ever done before. So we're, uh, we're having our own little technology conferences going on, I think, in every district across the nation, that's for sure. So um, it's been it's been really exciting to um, to watch teachers create things and implement technology and it's they're doing uh, they're doing great they really are. Yeah, as I've talked with um, some other teachers in the area over the last week, I mean it's been incredible what you've all been able to do. I mean every I mean across the spectrum, you know, teachers, you know, being able to put curriculum together um, and you know, put it online to, you know, serve students as best as possible. Um, you know, it's good that we're able to, you know, transition. And it's just, it says even more about our teachers and how awesome they are about being able to do this, this transition in such a short amount of time. Um, and to, you know, constantly keep this, you know, updating and evolving. So it's, yeah. been, it's been incredible to to watch um, just from you know an outside looking in perspective. And so what is kind of Henderson's um, plans moving forward? Obviously a lot of this is gonna change day by day as new information gets released and we learn, you know, when we can get groups back together. But um, you know, are you planning for no school in the fall? Um, what are your kind of process in, in the future for the future? Yeah, you know, I think we'll continue to take guidance from you know, from the higher ups, um, you know, from CDC, we'll continue to, um, you know, from the governor, from the commissioner of ed, you know, they'll, they'll continue to be our, uh, continue to be our driving um, force, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to abide by and do what, um, what uh, we're told to do. And so ultimately, that's going to drive us, you know, I guess, I guess I'd like to say that one thing that we have done is we've kept we've kept the horse before the cart um, throughout this process, and I really, you know, that's what we'll do moving forward. We're going to continue to, um, you know, we're going to continue to wait to wait for that guidance and see what and see what happens. So we're not putting that cart before the horse, and because when you, you know, when when that happens, it becomes it becomes really tough. So, you know. Are we all in the backs of our mind thinking, okay, what could this potentially look like? Yeah, but are we also, you know, sitting down having incredibly long drawn out meetings and, you know, creating 72 page uh, plans? We're not doing that. We're, you know, we're gonna, uh, yeah, we're gonna continue to take it day by day, take it moment by moment and take it as it is. No, I mean, that's, I mean, that's all we, we can do is just, um... Um, deal with what we, you know what's been put in front of in front of us and you know take it you know as new information becomes available we just make the best decisions as we can um, yeah. as leaders and so yeah it's definitely been tough but I know we're all gonna you know be, be better for it you know uh, you know from this you know we're all um, if anything we're learning that we're able to yeah um, you know make these changes on the fly you know and and everything like that so you know, we've pushed ourselves as a, you know, as a society through all this. And so it's, it'll be good once it's yeah. all done. Yeah, I really think so too. And I, I think that, you know, just that, just that socialness and that interaction, you know, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm really curious to see what uh, some of the hallways across the nation look like in high school. You know, are kids going to be on their phones going from one class to the next or 
maybe those, when we come back, maybe those phones won't be out. Maybe they'll be, you know, having those conversations with, uh, with kids. And honestly, you know, adults are right in there as well. You know, I think it's going, I think when, uh, when this is all done, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be ready to just savor those, um, that opportunity to, to be connected. And, you know, this social distancing thing is what we have to do, but it's, it's tough and hard for, for society. So we're, we're going to come out of this, you know, it's going to be some, we're going to find some great changes on the other side of this. Yeah. Um, Great thing about, you know, where we live, you know, we, there's so many great things that are brought through adversity. And so um, this is only another one of those examples for, you know, for us as a society. Absolutely. Uh, So I got some rapid fire questions here. They're just a little bit fun kind of questions for us. Um, so what's, what's your go-to restaurant in York County? What's that, what's that restaurant that's always either the place you have to go to or when like a family member's in town, you take them there? A Carrie's in McCool. McCool's York County still, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yes. We love, uh, we love Carrie's and, uh, you know, I should not forget perks here in town. We try to get there as much as, as much as we can, uh, as we can as well. Um, what's your, so what's your go-to meal then at Carrie's? What's the, what's the, the order that you have when you, when you get there? Onion rings. Oh yeah. He's got, those are massive. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're delicious. Onion rings tend to be my go-to. Um, favorite book um, that you've read either all time, or if there's like a recent one um, that maybe stands out your mind, or even if there's a like audio book that you've listened to. Oh goodness, that is really hard. Uh, my favorite author is John Gordon. So anything. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a motivational, inspirational sort of speaker. So I love, I love any and all of his of his books, and I love books and literacy. And so that's one thing I do a lot with my kids here at Heartland is I read. I go into classrooms and read. So pretty much any and every children's book. Um, I've had experience with. So I, uh, yeah, I'm a reader. I love books. Perfect. Um, what's your most attend York County event? Is there something that's, I mean, I know you haven't lived in the county for very long, but um, what's kind of been the event that maybe you've attended in the last couple of years that's, you know, been circled. All right, we got to go to that next year. Definitely here in Henderson would be Henderson days. It's, yeah. 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 We've, uh, we uh, we actually came down to it before we were actually moved here two years ago. So uh, that's definitely an event that it's a great way to connect with people and just kind of celebrate all the awesome uh, awesome opportunities and things here in in the community. So we we love uh, we love that. I've also been able to go to Bradshaw Days. Uh, we try to go get up there as much as possible. Also, yeah, I like I like the car show there. Over there in Henderson, and then the fireworks you guys do, you know, at night. I think those are, you know, that's a fun Saturday usually. Yes, it is a lot, a lot going on, and probably my uh, my favorite event of uh, Henderson of Henderson Days is the um, Rock the Block, where all the kids get on the street and ride their bikes around. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's my favorite. That's my favorite part. I just absolutely love it. All the kids are out there just having a ball and smiling and just, (laughs) it's awesome. All right. And then these last two questions here with the NFL draft going on, these are questions that um, NFL GMs have been asking their potential draftees. Um, So the first question here is you've been given an elephant and all these supplies that you need to take care of it for the rest of his life. You can't give it away and you can't sell with it. You can't sell it. What do you do with the elephant for the rest of its life? How do you use that elephant? Well, you just love it, I guess. <laughs> you just, um, you know, you use it to help you in any way possible. You use it, it becomes part of your family, I guess. I, I don't know. That, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I would just. A new pet. I mean, that sounds like quite yeah. the pet. Yeah, I uh, imagine riding that through Henderson, like Main Street. <laughs> you know, it would be a lot of fun. You'd get, you would gain a lot of friends because everyone would want to ride your elephant. Um, yeah, 
you, I have a fear of heights, so I would definitely need to overcome that fear because I have ridden an elephant before, but um, I didn't really like it, but I would learn if I had to live with one every day. Perfect. And then the last one here is if you could describe yourself as any household appliance, what would that be? I'll go with a dishwasher, I guess. And I'll go with a dish dish. Are you talking large appliance or small appliance? Whatever. I mean, I've gotten stereo system, blender, um, microwave, um, toaster. So okay, kind of yeah. magic bullet. Someone said magic bullet. Oh yeah. Those are fun. You know, I think a dishwasher, I think a dishwasher because, um, I, that tends to be an appliance that I, um, use a lot and turn to a lot. And so, um, I feel like it's very helpful. It's probably my most helpful uh, kitchen appliance. So I, uh, that's my goal in life is to be helpful to people. And so. Always be that person you can turn to. to yeah. Get things yeah. Done. yeah. I like that. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I like things fairly neat and tidy. So dishwashers definitely help us uh, obtain that task. So. My worst year in college was the year I got an apartment without a dishwasher. And I had to manually wash dishes for an entire year. Yeah, that's that's a lot. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of appreciation for uh, for for dishwashers. Yeah, thank goodness I live in 2020 and not 1920. Um, but that's all I have for the interview. So thank you uh, for taking time out of your day today. Um, you know, we appreciate it greatly. Um, you're new to the community, and it's great to have these new faces to help to help grow our communities. Um, you know, we, we love these new faces in all of our communities. And so, um, you know, we thank you for, you know, choosing York County as your home. You know, we hope you, you make it, you know, one for as long as, um, long as you need. And, um, we look forward to, um, how your career, uh, moves forward from here. So thank you for, thank you for the time today, Dana, and, um, good luck with everything in the future. Yeah, well, thank you. It was great, uh, great visiting, and I, we uh, definitely um, love and appreciate um, your county. So thank you. This is 17 County, a new podcast brought to you by the York County Development Corporation in Nebraska. For more information about life and opportunity in the heartland, visit yorkdevco.com. Come grow with us. And if you liked this episode, be sure to rate and review 17 County on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.